I'm Leah Witt Jarvis, a 2011-2014 graduate of Campbell University and Chief Content Officer of Olive and & Witt, and this rhymes with orange. Good morning, Kate. Good morning, Billy. How are you today? Not half bad. How about yourself? I'm pretty good. You know, this is a very, very special episode of our podcast, Rhymes with Orange, because this is the 50th episode of Rhymes with Orange. Dun, 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 dun. That's awesome. I'm glad you did that, because I thought I was going to have to go find some uh, exciting music to play. I mean, you can cut it that out. Announcement. No, but no, you, you provided it. You provided it, so... No need for me to go search for that music. But anyway, this is our 50th episode, and to commemorate the 50th episode, our guest on this podcast is Leah Witt Jarvis, and uh, she is special to this um, program because she was the original host of Rhymes with Orange. I'm crying silently <laughs> over here. <laughs> no, I got to meet Leah. It was really cool. Um, obviously, I'm thankful for her because without her... I wouldn't get to sit in a small room with a lawnmower going behind the window and chat about life on Rhymes with Orange every do you, week. Do you think that they can hear the lawnmower? Probably. It's pretty loud. Oh, yeah. wait. It just disappeared. I think it went around the corner, so I think we're good for now. It'll be back. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> there you go. Positive thinking. <laughs> so was it weird uh, talking to uh, Leah for you? Because, you know, she, she was the original, and uh, I don't know... No, she's on to bigger and better things. (laughs) No, I appreciated her encouragement. And um, yeah, she has a lot of great ideas. She did. It was kind of inspiring to meet someone who has a lot of great ideas and is in the position that I was in. We're speaking in past tense because we actually did this interview a month ago, two months ago. It has been a while. Today is actually September 11th, 2019. It is, of course, the 18th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks, and I guess uh, I'd be remiss, um, I've seen a lot on social media today, people, I guess the theme this year is, where were you when uh, when the attacks happened? I see a lot of posts on Facebook this morning of people saying, I was, you know, I was at work, and I was gathered in a conference room, and I will never forget, and uh if you um, were of age, and I bring that up because you see, we were talking before this, you were six years old. Yeah. Wow. So you said I was two years old, I but said I was not. <laughs> and I made another joke, too, but I won't say that one. Uh, no, it was, uh, I, I was not six years old. I was, oh, man, 23, 23, okay. 24, something like that. And, uh, yeah, I don't have a terribly memorable story. I was a sports writer at a newspaper. And um, I was listening to the radio. I was in Texas. I was listening to the radio. And the program I usually listen to, I remember they said, oh, wow, because they had a TV on in their studio. I said, oh, wow, it looks like a plane has hit one of the World Trade Center buildings. And, um, and I guess, like the rest of the world, you think it happens one time. It's an mm-hmm. accident. It's a small a private plane. You don't think it's a Boeing, you know, uh, large uh commercial plane so that happened and then it was about 15 minutes later they see another one happen and then it was that moment where everybody's blood kind of dropped and you're Mm -hmm. thinking oh this is you know this is real and so i got to work and uh yeah just like what i saw other people post today i was uh i went straight to kind of our break room where the only place we had a tv at the newspaper i worked at and i gotta say for the next week 
I was planted in front of a TV. I had my own apartment. It was one of the few times in my life I was living by myself. And I could not peel myself away from my television for the next seven days. Mm. It was very eerie. It was um, a very scary time, especially um, I was young. And, you know, this was a very impressionable, is that the word? Impressionable time. And, uh, yeah, terrifying, terrifying, terrifying. And so, um, but you were six. And I know I was about that age maybe when the Challenger exploded. And I remember being in school and watching it happen. So I have a very vivid memory of yeah. that. Do you have similar memory of September 11th? Exact same thing. I was in first grade. So I was in Mrs. Ebert's classroom. And there's we caught back from recess. And there was a group of teachers crowded around one of those TVs they had on those little projectors. Slide it. I was probably the last year that had those projectors. But anyway. Um, yeah. And they were just crying. And we couldn't figure out why. Everyone thought it was a movie on the TV. The teachers really didn't know how to explain it to us they were like this is something your parents will tell you about and um i kind of i don't remember asking my mom about it but i remember the next day asking my mom why the flags were all so low i was very upset and confused that the flags were not all the way up the flagpole and she explained to me that people do terrible things and that was a vivid memory just being my mom's car like having her try to explain to a six-year-old like why anyone would do that on purpose Wow. No, that's very interesting. Uh, I actually, um, this morning, my daughter Haley is about to turn 10. And just out of just curiosity, I asked her this morning, I said, Haley, do you know why? Because uh, she, uh, she actually went to Alexa today and said, uh, Alexa, what's today? And Alexa said, today is September 11, 2019. It is also um, National First Responders Day or whatever the official title mm-hmm. was. And, uh, and Haley asked me, um, what does that mean? And I said, uh, you know, I explained a little bit what that meant. I said, it's today, you know, that honors um, the firefighters and police officers and, and, you know, first responders. And and then I realized my daughter's nine years old and I have never sat down with her and explained September 11th ever. And so I said, I asked her this morning, uh, um, have you learned about this in school yet? Why September 11th is... A special day or why we commemorate it or why we memorialize it and she said no hmm. and so I said you know I said wow and I turned to my wife and I said do we do this now and she said, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's almost like having the talk and yeah. uh, I, we were as with most mornings we were just rushing to get out the door so I guess tonight maybe we're gonna sit down and explain what today is I thought for sure she's gonna she's in the fourth grade now I thought for sure yeah this would have been explained by now but i guess i don't suppose for by fourth grade you're doing history classes i don't know no but boys creek elementary school kids are out around the flag right now and they're little well i think you know i think they do that kind of stuff but do you think those kids out there know why do they you know do they know about the planes and and uh and terrorist attacks and then the wars that followed. Yeah, you should and... probably do World War One and Two while you're at it and maybe talk about <laughs> Vietnam a little bit. Just no, give her no. a whole overview of no, the history no. of mankind. If we get into World War Two, um, which is, uh, this is going to sound odd, but it's my favorite of the wars. Can I say that? The one you're most interested in. Most, I'm definitely most interested in that in the Civil War. Yeah. Um, that's for another time. But yeah, I think tonight, and I don't, I don't even know, like, the documentaries of it are so powerful. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a nine-year-old ready for that. But, you know, we were all living it then. So I guess, I don't know. It's interesting. It's an interesting topic, especially grade. now, because now it is history, you know. Yeah. And we have a, 
complete generation of, of young people who weren't alive then and, and it's you know it's as foreign to them as uh, the JFK assassination was to me mm-hmm. and uh, so interesting interesting topic and uh, anyway that is today and uh, um, on to back to more positive <laughs> uh, more positive topics and we thank Leah for coming to campus and joining us and uh, we hope you enjoy our 50th episode So this is the 50th episode of Rhymes with Orange, and we could think of no other guest than Campbell's own Leah Witt Jarvis, co-founder of this podcast and co-host of this podcast for the first 12 episodes before she flew the coop and went to NC State. Um, Welcome back to campus, Leah. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. 50 episodes. That's wonderful. Do you ever think it would would last this long when... when, uh, when you and I were brainstorming this whole thing and thinking about, wow, we we want to do it, but we're going to have to do it every single week. Do you ever think it hit 50? I hoped it would. Yeah. But I also knew I was leaving soon, so. You knew well, when knew. you started it? <laughs> well, oh, hang started, on. Pump the brakes. Like forever here, so. Oh, you knew. You knew that it was, oh, okay. Well, we'll but get I'm into that. But I'm glad that you hit 50. Well, thank you. Thank you. We're, uh, we wanted to have you on to celebrate it. Um. I want to go back to, oh, what year was this? 2017, 2016? 2016, yes. Fall of 2016. It's actually the first spring, and you and I um, wanted to do this podcast, but we kept finding reasons not to do it. Let's let's reminisce about some of those reasons. <laughs> well, I mean, anytime you introduce something new to a team that's so used to doing things because you've always done them that way. Yeah, keep that. going. I feel like that's <laughs> the biggest reason. And, you know, I look at my own life and think when I don't start things when I want to, like it's because, well, we've never done it that way. Yeah, we've never done it at all. And then, well, I guess you need microphones. You need a place to record that people aren't going to interrupt. And then all of a sudden they showed us that there's a broadcast room here on campus. And so we go in there and we see it, but then we realize this computer is about 20 years old. None of our stuff connects to any of this stuff, but we just kept putting it off. And then I think that summer, I think it was one of us, I can't remember if it was you or me, we just said, let's just do it. And so we went and we bought the equipment that we needed and we started it and, uh, and we started a podcast. So, but I'm, I'm going to, you know, I was, we spoke at NC State, um, a couple of months ago and you were supposed to be there, but then you left NC State right beforehand and <laughs> flew the coop again. <laughs> um, but uh, what I was going to do is, um, in front of all your peers there, is completely give you credit for it. But So I'm going to do that right now. Um, the podcast was really your idea because you just really liked podcasts. So tell, tell us why back in 2016, which we're still speaking to other schools now that think this is a new thing, but this was three years ago. You wanted to do this. Uh, tell us what... what uh, what spurred that idea? Well, I spent a lot of time in my car. You know, this is the first time in my adult life that I'm not commuting anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm not spending 30, 45 an hour in my car. And so when I was doing that, I was listening to a lot of podcasts because, you know, I could only listen to the Hamilton soundtrack with so many times. <laughs> not <You> know, true. <laughs> I felt like, okay, I could be spending this time learning something or at least expanding my horizons. So that's why I really love podcasts. If you think about it, podcasts have been a lo- around for even longer than that. You know, I remember getting my first iPod and seeing podcasts and 
the iTunes app, like, yeah, years and years ago. And so it's really, it's heartening to see something that's not, it's not a flash in the pan, it's not a fad, it's really turned into this thing, this life of its own. And I, I don't think that they're going to go away anytime soon. Well, I think back in 2016, we thought that this would be a flash in the pan, that this, I think we used the word trending a lot, and we had to pitch it to our bosses. And um, uh, tip for all you uh, podcast wannabes out there, um, we did skip the whole, let's bring this to our boss first. I think we just went ahead and started doing it. And Master then they asked questions. Right? <laughs> right, yeah. Not permission. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we did it. And um, yeah, this is where we are today. But those first 12 episodes, you go back and listen to it. I can't go back and listen to them, actually. They're pretty cringy. <laughs> I I can't go back either. I I will say I did listen to our very first one a few months ago um, after Rothwell passed away. And I was so thankful that we did this when we did it because we have that recording now. And we have that conversation, you know, and, and the dear friend that I can no longer pick up the phone and call, I can still hear his voice. And that's very, very touching. And um, at his memorial service... They did the service, and then they were like, okay, we're going to show pictures. And they were showing pictures, and they playing Pearl Jam and, you know, all his favorite music. And I would have liked stopped. this funeral. <laughs> I mean, that's a weird thing to say. But... No, it was, <laughs> though I wept the entire time, it was such a great experience. Um, but they were showing these pictures, and then all of a sudden the music cut out, and you start hearing him talk about his Prince tattoo. Oh, wow. Um... And, you know, they were using clips of Rhymes with Orange, to honor him and it was just like this such a touching way to say goodbye to someone that lived life with passion and so you know I never would have thought when we were talking about the podcast that this would be a way to remember a dear friend and you know it's turned into so many things yeah for, I mean for those who don't know who you're talking about Rod Hipwell he worked with you at the College of Pharmacy and um and Health Sciences I have to throw that in there the College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences right. and and uh, you became really close friends with him and when we came up with this idea for the podcast, you said, he's got to be our first guest. <laughs> there is no, you know, I'm not doing this unless he's our first guest. He's got tattoos. He's a big Prince fan. He, you know, all this. And I was like, oh, okay, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. Well, what I think I love about the podcast and what it does differently than anything else I've worked on is that it tells stories, not just of students, not just of oh, come to this university and have this experience. It tells the ordinary stories of people that work here, who call this place home, um, people that may not lead a team of 50, they may not be a director, they may not be president of the university, but they their work still matters. And I think that mm-hmm. it's wonderful that you've given them a platform to share their story. It's only a little awkward that your replacement is sitting across from you. It's not awkward at all. You're no. the only one making it awkward. It's true. Billy is the king of making things awkward. But I'm so thankful that you started it i i was lucky i got to just kind of step into this and there were a couple interim hosts i'm sure before i got here michelle perez michelle perez yeah. sarah um, harden sarah harden a couple times um but yeah it's been a wonderful time we've had a great time recording it and as an another avid podcast listener in this room i'm really impressed that you took the initiative to start it because it sounds like when you were listening to podcasts you were listening to educational podcasts and podcasts that grew you as a person and you thought oh this is perfect for university whereas i listen to absolute trash comedy podcasts and i don't think i ever would have made that connection so i think this is great and it's really cool to meet you well thank you for saying that (laughs) I was 
was only doing that like, I was like, okay, if I can listen to something that'll grow me for oh, like, yeah. 10 minutes, then that's good. And then I can listen to the podcast. switch it over. Yep. Oh my and, gosh. And- podcast. <laughs> no, podcasts are a really unique medium and we've really enjoyed working with this. And even though you moved on to NC State and now moved on again, can you actually tell us a little bit about your job at NC State, did it involve any podcasting? And what you're doing now, will it involve any podcasting? So we'll say in my my first week there, I was just like, hey, you know, we could do a podcast. And they're like, no, we're not doing a podcast. Oh, Oh. wow. Shut down right away. It was fine. We, you know, NC State is a different beast than Campbell. Mm -hmm. I was on a uh, marketing team for a college instead of a university. So there were far fewer resources, a lot of work to be done. Um, and so I think it was the right decision to not do a podcast. The Alumni Association over there, they have a podcast, um, How Back or something like that. Something with How in the name. And I always thought that was cool. They they were kind of doing the same yeah. thing. Um, but my work at NC State, I was a writer and content strategist. So I did a lot of what I did here at Campbell. I told stories about alumni, about students that were doing research, faculty members that were doing research. Um, so I was there for 18 months. I got, I learned a lot about the educational system in North Carolina, which I grew up in Virginia, which you know, it's just two hours away, but it's vastly different um, when it comes to education and, you know, standardized tests and what's mm-hmm. good for this group of students and what's good for that. Um, so it was a big learning curve and I'm so glad that I made that jump. I was nervous to leave Campbell because Campbell was my home. I went to yeah. school here. Um, I remember when I graduated like I'll just get a job at Campbell and they'll pay for my master's degree and then I just stayed on so that's how I stayed here um, for so long or why and so leaving it really felt like I was leaving home to go to some mm-hmm. to a, a new place um, but I'm so glad it, it was intimidating but I learned so much I, I learned I took what I learned at Campbell and just compounded on it and then the opportunity came up earlier this year to kind of do my own thing, still marketing communications, but start a small business. And I was like, okay, this is one of those moments where people say, you can't wait until you're ready, because yeah. you'll never do it, so just take the jump. And, you know, um, my husband and I are in a position where we don't have kids, we really don't have many responsibilities other than student loans and the mortgage. So he was like, if you don't do it now, you're not going to. So That's true. Now I'm the owner in all the things owner and administrative assistant, secretary, whatever you want to say, of Olive and Wit, which is a marketing communications company. Sounds wonderful. Um, I have a really quick question. Do you have an orange-owned sticker slash will you I be participating in Kimball Alumni Orange? I, I, I need to. I, I was listening to the um, episode with Jeremiah McClam, and I was like, oh, I need to look into you that. You do need to look you into that. Sarah Swain. Shout the, out to Sarah Swain if you're listening. Um, Olive and Wit. So we were talking about that before this podcast. And uh, that, I, I actually just started an LLC with friends, too. It, it, it's a big jump. Mm-hmm. It, um, I wasn't confident enough to quit my job to do it, but, <laughs> but it's a big jump. And, uh, and you made it. So you're going on maybe six or seven months since you started it uh, earlier this year. Um, what's that experience been like? Well, it sounds like it's a big jump, but... I've always had a part-time job or side hustle. That's the trendy term to call mm-hmm. it. I've always done more than than just a nine-to-five, forty-hour-a-week. Like it's always—I don't know if there's an overachiever thing. If it's like <laughs> lingering, I have to be the best, or I need to show my worth, or you know, I need 
to do things to prove that I'm okay. Um, so I'm, when I was at Campbell, I worked at a gym in the evenings and all the weekends, just, you know, to fill, fill wow. the time. And um, I've always done some freelance work with story photographers, Ashley Stevenson, who we've had on the podcast oh, before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have great connections there. So I, I've always done things on the side. And um, same was true. Like I've, I've had a couple of clients for the past year and a half now, um, other than Ashley who had worked for me to do more marketing communications type stuff. I was um, working on their email marketing and their social media um, hmm. strategies. And they were like, hey, we have more work to give you. Do you have more time? And I'm like, I really don't. Like, I I work 40 hours a week. I drive an hour and 15 minutes to work one way. Oh. Like, you know, I would get home at 6. I'd have about three hours to do work. And then i go to bed, get up at 5 in the morning, and do it all over again. Wow. It's not sustainable. And they are like, well... Maybe we can look at our, our community of other small business owners and find you some more clients. And so we were talking about that at the beginning of the year, my anchor client and I. And she's like, maybe we can, you know, talk about you leaving NC State and how we can help you do that by next year. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. You know, that's a great, I can like save up some money, you know, specifically for a business. And and then she called me like two months later. She's like, yeah, we need to fast track this. <laughs> wow. And so it just happened to be... I remember I told my former boss, I hate it going into her office to tell her I was going to leave, but I waited till after graduation, after the chaos of graduation. That was considerate. (laughs) And I was like, look, it's going to be summer. It'll be fine. You'll find someone else to replace me. It'll be fine. (laughs) So um, while it it seems like it's a big jump, just hearing the the short story of it, it really, it's something I've been working towards Hmm. for the past three or four years. Um, I remember I was talking about it with one of my good friends and you know kind of weighing the options and she said Leah in a way you've been building this business your entire adult life you need to take the risk so that's kind of the backstory well congratulations yeah, Olive nice. and Wit um, is there a website there is promote it <laughs> W-I-T yes I remember uh you and I crossed paths uh, in in the department just for a very short time um, before you left again. No, <laughs> we uh, we worked together for a short time. But w- one of the things that impressed me about you is uh, you wanted to write. You just you were like, "Give me stuff to write. I want to write." And then you did something that I haven't had a lot of people come to me and tell me. It was you said, "I don't. I'm not a good writer." You said this. I'm not saying you're not a good writer. But you said, "I'm not a good writer. I want to be a good writer." I want to write. I'm not going to learn how to write if I don't write. And so you just took this on. And now um, in kind of preparing for this, I see you run a blog now. And uh, you're one of the few people out there who still actually updates their blog. <laughs> and so you're writing. And, and, and in addition to running this business, you're writing a lot. So t- tell us uh, why. Why um, why did you say this is what I want to do? And then you stuck with it. And and uh, you're a very great writer, by the way. Um, what you. what uh Where's that? Where'd that passion come from? It's funny that you asked that because I remember when I came to Campbell for orientation, I was in line over in Taylor Bot Rogers, you know, checking in, and I remember looking at my dad. I was a, a, com, a mass comm major. That's what I had put down, and I looked at my dad and I was like, I just don't think that this I'm gonna get anywhere with this. Like I should do business. Like, I think I'll be more successful if I do business. So I switched to business. And when I came into Campbell, I had, at my high school, we had a governor's school program. So I came in with all of my math and science classes 
college credit. I didn't have to take anything. So I was I was basically a sophomore when I started. So I was in the major classes. Like it was kind of like a no turning back. Like once I'm in, I can't switch lanes. Um, so I did got my business degree and started out as an administrative assistant in the College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences, which I think was the best thing I could have done at 21 years old because I learned how to do the grunt work and not complain about it and mm-hmm. see how see how things work behind the scenes and how I want to do things and how I don't want to do things. Um, and then as I went back to school, I um, was then promoted into alumni relations and then I ended up as the director of communications over at the College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. Right. Mm-hmm. And that involved a lot of writing, which I, you know, it wasn't on my radar. I remember loving to write when I was in high school, my 10th grade English teacher, I remember we wrote every day in her class and I still have that notebook. It meant so much to me. Um, and so when I found myself in that job at director of communications, I was like, wow, I have to write all this stuff. Like it's on me. And at the time, like I, I can't go back and read that stuff because I'm like, I, I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I, I never took well, a journalism it's not, class. It's not fun writing either. You're, you're yeah. writing about, you know, here I need, I need a press release. Pre- mm-hmm. Press releases aren't, aren't the fun writing, but it is how you learn, I guess. So, you know, and that just kind of, I stayed in that vein. And then when I left CBHS, I went over to University Communications where I was a staff writer. So I was writing for the magazine, writing content for the website. And I love telling people stories and I love listening to people. Um, this feels very weird to me being on the other side of the mic. Because I'm usually <laughs> the one asking questions. And um, so, you know, I just decided, okay, this is the lane that I want to be in. I want to get better at my craft. I want to help tell people stories. And that's what I did at NC State. And, you know, I was writing. I was the sole content writer there towards the end of my tenure there. I was writing an article every single day um, that was getting published right then there on the web. And it was so satisfying and fulfilling to help share the work that they were doing. Um, And I was talking, I was reminiscing about this, about how, you know, I switched my major and the person I was talking to, they were like, isn't that funny how you thought it wasn't going to be what you would end up doing? And every turn of your career has been back towards this communications writing this thing that you were passionate about that you thought you couldn't be successful in so I've just kind of embraced it I I do write on my blog Um, I do some freelance writing for some publications and then obviously I do some ghostwriting for email marketing Um, I'm really good at personality driven content I can mimic other people's voices very well in writing um, which I feel like is my niche that's a good niche. One of the one of the things we're trying to do with the podcast is dive into people's stories, storytelling. And I was telling Kate, you know, one thing about Leah that I remember she told me, um, she's the daughter of a mortician. So how do we ask questions about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hand that one off to you. Okay. Let's okay, see. I can actually help you. I can like dovetail this one right into the conversation yes let's hear it it's one of my clients is the virginia female directors association okay so um they actually they put out a quarterly magazine and my dad sent it to me because my dad is a female director in virginia and he sent it to me at the beginning of the year and they had used a they had printed a piece that i wrote for nc state about a professor that does research about talking about death in the classroom and like grief and like big like tragic things and how you address that mm-hmm. with students through um, course material and so I was like okay 
I'm going to put a pen in this that they reprinted this without permission. I'm going to ignore that for the moment. <laughs> Yikes. But hey, like there's an audience that I could write into you. And so now I've picked up, you know, I do articles for them for their quarterly magazine. Uh-huh. So I was actually on the phone with the FTC earlier this week talking about the funeral rule, which regulates all like consumer protection for funeral, the funeral industry. Things that I didn't know existed. Yeah. But surely need to exist. I, I didn't know it existed either. I also didn't know that funeral homes needed social media, but... Hey, they I gotta did. compete. <laughs> they gotta share those obituaries, yeah. you know? True, yes. Wow, you need tasteful photos for that, I'll tell you right now. So, growing up as the daughter of a funeral director, are you immune to horror movies and just the subject of death in general, or are you pretty... I don't watch horror movies. Okay. I I can't stomach that. I'm okay. a scaredy cat. Um, I did work at the funeral home. That was my first job. Um, I parked cars. Okay. I was going to say, which <laughs> floor of the funeral home did you and work at? I wrote obituaries. So back oh, to wow. writing, I did write obituaries. Yeah, and, you were pretty much made for this, actually. Um, but no, I mean, it was, I don't think I realized the impact of it until I was mm-hmm. an adult. Um, you know, my I'm always in awe of my dad for... It takes a special person to be able to do that and to stand in the, in that situation with a family. And I don't think I really realized that until I was an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, since I, when I left state, he texted me and he was like, hey, are you going to be, are you still going to be at state June 15th? And I was like, I don't think so. He's like, you, you should go to the association, the conference with me this year. And I'm like, wow. what? He's like, your mom <laughs> can't go. You should just go and network. And sure enough, it was the weirdest thing i've ever done oh no that's a great story though that's and they were playing cornhole i'm not kidding you on boards that were shaped like coffins nice gosh (laughs) such a dad joke i love that i was just like oh wow what a conference wow all right well i mean that's something that i feel like i wouldn't grasp until i was adult either but i also think I've read a little bit of your blog, too. I think you are the kind of person, and maybe this is you being a writer, but you're very self-reflective. And one of the recent blog posts that we saw was uh, 28 things I learned at 28. <laughs> and there are some good pro tips. I'm 24. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save that article, but Billy pulled a few of these, and we would like you to elaborate on a couple of them because they're absolutely revolutionary. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the first one is really good. It is handwritten notes will take you farther than name dropping. Any stories that illustrate that? Because I think that is beautiful. Well, actually, so the way that my business is set up is that I have an anchor client and then I have a handful of smaller clients. So my anchor client is the bulk of my time and the bulk of my income, really. Um, I met her because I sent a thank you note to someone that's in her circle who I crossed paths with years before. And she just came out of the blue and was like, hey, my friend recommended you to me. I'm looking for someone to help me do this. That's nice. And, you know, it was a thank you note I didn't even think about again after I sent it because I was just, my mom raised me to send thank you notes. Yeah. And huh. so, but, um, I must, I? I must be missing out on so much. I don't think I've ever <laughs> I sent thank you emails, but this was a handwritten note, this right? It's really nice. Yeah. That makes yeah. a difference. Everyone likes getting mail that's not bills or, you know, junk mail. That's true. Can I bring up the second one? Because I'm so proud of you, Leah. So proud. That Oxford comma. No, 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 no. Using exclamation points doesn't mean you're excited or happy or positive. You can be sparkly and use them sparingly. I hate exclamation points. That's a hard-learned lesson. I I always thought exclamation points made me Me 
made my personality and i was like nope it's just annoying it's lazy too because like you say you can be sparkly there's better words out there to better convey emotion or you can just say i'm excited with an exclamation point and drop the pen and be done with it so very Uh proud of you for that one yeah i was gonna say you and my former boss at nc state hammered that that one into me awesome (laughs) i still am um still am coming out of that i think it's gonna take a while (laughs) that and the comma the comma you're okay with the comma i i think i caught on to the comma really quickly considering that my mom was an english teacher and an extreme oxford comma supporter yeah like when i told her that i didn't write with one she wanted to send you an angry email and i said no don't bring it on (laughs) i I, i'm i'm more than up for the debate on that absolutely um i don't want anything to do with this third one though you can take that one this is unfair i don't have this in front of me right i know (laughs) you can't prepare that's part of the test i do want number four though okay i'll take three then not all of them we only have nine it's like seven yeah we don't have that much time friends is a revolutionary piece of american television it says i read a book that proved that this year i want to know what the book is um it's called friends it's a I, I listened to it, so okay. I, I don't have the title That's like, okay. in my mind. That's what I Google's for. The book. But there is a, her name's Kelsey, and I hate myself for not knowing her last name right now. Don't worry about it. But she wrote this, like, whole book about how friends got made, how the actors, you know, fought for their salary wages, how mm. the show influenced culture, um, and how TV is consumed today, and even, like, the unsavory parts of, like, how you know they made jokes at minority group expense mm-hmm. and like how that's not okay that you know this was a different time and not that that excuses it it just sure you have to address that yeah so it was like you know I again back back to Campbell my freshman year my roommate Kara and I on the weekends we would just stay in our room and watch all of the friends because she had them on DVD oh yeah and so that was the first time I ever watched Friends and so we watched all ten seasons my freshman year and um you binged before binging was I a binged thing before yeah. binging was a thing you had them on dvd too i still is, have them on dvd that's because good. you know they're leaving they are leaving, leaving netflix you're so gonna be i'm not few. worried yeah I, them. I just have to find a dvd player you now. should yeah definitely host them online and make people pay you for a netflix subscription i think so if your goal is to ride splash mountain thunder mountain and space mountain over and over again go during halloween, halloween yes why is that because everyone cares about trick-or-treating down Main Street. And hmm. you just went and did all the did all the rides while everybody was... I rode Splash Mountain four nice. times back-to-back without waiting. You wow. can also... Also, good times during fireworks. Yeah. You heard of extra magic hours, though. And, well, so this and, was uh, during the, like, Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween right. party. So this was late at night. <laughs> so, actually, technically, here's the real pro tip. If you're okay. going to go... And you're, like, flying in that day because we flew in on Halloween. You're like, okay, we're going to just get the ticket to Mickey's party thing. Mm-hmm. It says that you're not allowed until, like, the evening, but they really let you in at 3. So right. it's, like, a whole day. And then you, you make your plan of attack. We we got caught up in the mine train for two hours, which was a mistake. Don't do that. <laughs> They've got fast passes, though. You couldn't get a fast pass. I know, pass. but we weren't. <laughs> this was a very on-the-fly trip. Really. Okay. <laughs> so don't get caught up in the mine train. Hubbub. <laughs> And then once it starts getting dark and people are like out trick or treating, all the little kids are trick or treating and experiencing the actual party thing, just hit up all the rides. All right. 
Good Very advice. good pro tip. Very good. Uh, the next, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not an adult. <laughs> the next two case uh, district three concerts are in Orlando. Uh, con- conferences, concerts. conferences concerts. Are, are in Orlando. Like doing a circuit on podcasting, I can help. Yeah, you can. Hey, can you, you for, uh, sidetrack here real quick? I know we're way over time. That's okay. It's our fiftieth episode. Everyone can just deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, that's crazy that uh, people are coming to us asking us how do you do podcasts. It's funny that you said NC State wouldn't let you do it because Kate and I had to go speak at NC State to well, a bunch it of wasn't people. NC State wouldn't let me do it. it the just college, right? For our yeah, marketing team. Um, that's actually something I've learned. I mean, more than anything in the past year and a half is that people just want to be told what to do on the internet, um, and what you think is ordinary is magic to somebody else. It is, yeah, because we'll sit here and say, okay, you hit record, and you get headphones and a mic, and they're all taking notes. And <laughs> like, what mic? Yeah. What yeah. program do you use to edit it? What, mm-hmm. what song? Right, yeah, that's great. Okay, we don't so. know what song, by the way. <laughs> we still don't have a song that we like. No, we're, we're looking, and I've also, uh, um, Kate's a musician, so I might be hiring her to, to go. go ahead I'm and write I'm going to things, charge so. you a lot of money. <laughs> no, you're worth all right no. we got four more of these kate okay um this one i'm really curious about if you live in a house without a bathtub you can use a yeti 125 in a pinch what happened to your house have you taken Are a bath okay? in a yeti is that what you're telling us <laughs> <laughs> hey this is on the internet <laughs> well that was uh, that wasn't but the the makings of that was so my husband is a very resourceful man oh he leans on the redneck side and in fact <laughs> We started at Campbell together, and I had nothing to do with him. He swears that he waved at me in the parking lot one day, and I just went right by him because mm-hmm. I just didn't want anything to do with him. He danced with me at my senior spring formal, and I just remember looking at my friend like, get this kid away from me. Kid. This is awesome. I mean, he was drunk, and I was like, nah, I do not have time for this. Please remove him. It's my favorite relationship story I've ever heard on the podcast. And then four years later, you know, he, he proposes to me out in an academic circle, and now we're married. But we bought a and house. you're like, get this kid away from me. <laughs> yeah, I'm he grew on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we bought a house last year, and it's a. I love our house. It's so quirky. There are spiral staircases. It's an mm. A-frame house. It's on a closed-down golf course. There's a lake in the backyard. <laughs> wow. But there are no bathtubs, and because it's an A-frame house, the they had to be very resourceful with the eaves and the like mm-hmm. space, and so our bathroom. It almost looks like you're in Hogwarts because it comes down at such a drastic angle and it's all gray tile and it, you know, it can be kind of dark if you don't have the lights on full blast, but there's no, there's not even a shower curtain or door. That's because it's in the corner. Like that's where the shower is. And so I just was like, I I run and I was like, Kevin, I just am so sore and we don't have a bathtub and I just feel so silly, like calling up your parents and be like, hey, can I come take a bath (laughs) And he's like, I've got a solution to this. The next thing I know, his giant Yeti cooler is sitting in the shower, like half in the shower, half sticking out, and he's filling it up with Epsom salt and really hot water. I never, I never would have expected this would have been a romantic story, but that's a, that's that a pretty weird. romantic it does, it does story. So much for me, <laughs> even though it's not what I would have done. <laughs> I would have bought a hot tub, to be perfectly honest. But that sounds awesome, actually. So three more of these, two of them, somewhat insightful now the, the other one not quite so not much yet. but one of the insightful ones it says for the most part everyone is doing the best they can what what uh what opened your eyes to that therapy okay 
Next. Fair. <laughs> no, just, we get so caught up in our own our own struggles and our own like the things that annoy us. And you know, back to Kevin. You know, he doesn't do laundry the way that I would do laundry, but he still does it, and it's just his way. And he doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. It's not the natural fit for him to fold clothes the way that I do. And I think you know, for a long time. I would just feel like when people didn't do things the way I wanted or expected, I took that as a, like, personal dig mm-hmm. at me. And it's like, no, no, no. It's, it has nothing to do with me. Everybody's just trying to do the best they can with what they have and what they know. And I try to remind myself that when I get frustrated these days. Because it's like, you know, someone out there probably thinks, oh, my gosh, she doesn't know what she's doing. Like, who gave her a microphone? <laughs> and I'm just doing the best I can. Okay. <laughs> so... Fair enough, but also you need that. to talk to my wife about the clothes folding thing because <laughs> I am really doing the best I can, and <laughs> and I can't this get the I, I can't get the tight fold. I, I just can't do it. Oh my gosh! Next one: running a five k in a Sherpa bathrobe at Christmas time is so much fun and incredibly warm. Oh gosh! So this hot. one we need to know what race it was because Billy and I have been running five k's in an effort to better yeah look at that look at that look yeah (laughs) yeah that's exciting yeah it is exciting except for we wanted to do it for the welcome week walter s barge that was run for the camels and someone's going to disney or something fun no going to the beach (laughs) i don't know you're always going to disney Um, i am yes that's in february so we can't do it uh so we need a better 5k and christmas time sounds great so well this one's called the running of the vols Okay. Okay. Good start. Yeah. It's in Greensboro. Uh, there's a neighborhood called Sunset Hills, and they have these giant chicken wire light balls. Like, everyone in the neighborhood puts them up in their trees, and the trees are, like, okay. old majestic oaks. Like, they're super tall. Pretty. There are thousands of these balls. So, like, little tiny ones, big ones, giant, like, ones that are made out of hula hoops. It's magical. This is the one I want to run yeah. in. I want to run good. in this. Okay. That let's... means you have to run until December, though. And so... Yeah. My good friend Lee and I, we run it together the past two years, and last cool. year we dressed in Christmas pajamas <laughs> and Sherpa robes because we were like, and had our hot cocoa. Oh, yeah. We like to, to make it a thing, because it's not, you're not making any records at this course, you're just you know? getting Everybody's a nice view of the scenery, having, yeah. Having fun, because it's at night. The past two years it's snow, there's been snow on the ground, and like the people that live in the neighborhood, they have fires, and they sing carols, and they have Christmas parties, and it's a lot of fun. I want to do that. That I sounds do too. so much fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cool. Greensboro, you said, right? Greensboro. And okay. all the proceeds go to um, a food bank in Greensboro, so it's really fun. We'll join you this year. If you don't mind a 30-minute 5K, you can go ahead of me. It's fine. Again, you're not making it. It's going to be 30 minutes for everybody. Okay, Perfect. good. All right. Um, before we get to this last one, we're just going to say thank you so much, Leah. Thanks for helping start this thing. And uh, we've reached 50 episodes, and uh, a lot of universities are very interested in what we're doing here. And... Uh, you played a big part in, uh, in starting this, and uh, we've carried on your your legacy <laughs> here through Rhymes with Orange. And so thank you, thank you so me. much. The final thing you wrote here that I like is, uh, we are not as special and individual as we think we are, but our stories are unique and mind-blowing. Yeah. I, stand, I mean, if you think about it, we're all sitting here podcasting, quote-unquote. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, they, are these on? <laughs> I thought this was, uh, yeah. A test run? Yeah. We all started our day. We all checked our email. We all went to work. Um, but how we did it and our thought process behind it are all different. You know, on paper, it might look the same. But 
we have people and and experiences that have influenced us that make us look at at things differently like you look at this podcast as a way as a fun way to continue to do your job to tell stories about Campbell and I look at it as a platform to you know encourage others and you know share other inspire other universities and you know we both get different things out of this but it's the same thing cool all right well thank you and uh we're gonna end it there and uh good luck with uh olive and wit thanks